Well, hello. You are listening to The Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again. Today, the highway and byway of jazz recorded history we're going to be listening to or visiting are a couple of sessions that were done in the late 1940s. These were very early bebop sessions by... uh, Bands that did not include Charlie Parker or Dizzy Gillespie or Bud Powell or Thelonious Monk, the uh, players who are generally most associated with the early bebop period. There were quite a few players who existed uh, in the sideman role with those notables and also who just kind of existed a little below the fringe as well. They hadn't quite found themselves yet. And fortunately, the uh, evolution of small record labels that came about following the second big uh, strike uh, from the American Federation of Musicians against the recording industry was over, and that encouraged uh, some new record labels to come out. Also, technology had changed, and producing records was a little bit cheaper, and the end of World War II freed up materials like shellac and things like that. So all of these things came together to produce a very um, fertile atmosphere for new recordings. So the recordings we're going to feature are actually four sessions, two sessions each from two different bands, and they both feature the vibraphone of Milt Jackson. Milt Jackson was born in 1923 in Detroit. Uh, He was very well-educated musically and came up in the uh, 1930s playing with territory bands and started playing with big bands. His first big association was with uh, Dizzy Gillespie's big band in about 1947 or so, 46 or 47. Uh, He played vibraphone. He also played piano occasionally with the band and was known to sing here and there as well. And uh, he was a a very good musician. Of course, he became much better known for having uh, been a key member, a founding member of the Modern Jazz Quartet, which started as uh, Dizzy Gillespie's rhythm section in the late 40s with John Lewis and Ray Brown and Kenny Clark. Later on, it changed to John Lewis and Milt Jackson and Connie Kay and Percy Heath. They toured for off and on for 40 years or so. So... Jackson was doing some kind of hit-and-miss work with different groups in the late 40s. Gillespie's band had more or less broken up by 1948, and uh, Jackson was playing with a variety of different groups, uh, including Charlie Parker. But the recording sessions we're going to hear, he is featured with a band led by trumpeter Howard McGee and saxophonist Sonny Stitt. We're going to start out with the Howard McGee uh, sessions. Howard McGee, I should mention, was born in uh, 1918 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He came up playing with territory bands. His first recordings were done with the Andy Kirk Band in the 1940s, and then he uh, later on played with Lionel Hampton, Count Basie, but he became much better known for having been one of Charlie Parker's most uh, sympathetic partners in in, in Bird's frontline recordings from the 1940s. Uh, McGee had ended up out on the West Coast uh, with Coleman Hawkins, and we did a podcast on the Coleman Hawkins group that featured Howard McGee in 1944. And from that point, when Charlie Parker came out with Dizzy Gillespie in 19, late 1944, early 45, uh, he uh, joined that group after uh, Gillespie went back to the East Coast, getting tired of Bird's shenanigans there. And then Howard McGee started leading his own group. So we're going to be doing a, uh, a show on his recordings for the Dial record label coming up a little bit later. These recordings uh, that we're going to hear, the first four and then the last four of our set today, uh, were uh, made for the um, Vitacoustic Company, or actually that was at least the recording company. They were recorded in Chicago in December of 19... 
1947. Probably two different dates. There are eight tunes all together, same band, uh, but we uh, it would have been unusual to have all eight tunes recorded in one date. Not out, out of the question, but probably this was a, a working band, at least for a while at this point in Chicago. They seem to have some, some routines down. The band we're going to hear, Howard McGee on trumpet, Milt Jackson on vibraphone, of course. On alto and baritone saxophone, we're going to hear Jimmy Heath, some of his earliest recordings. Then we're going to hear uh, Percy Heath, uh, his brother, on bass. Joe Harris on drums, an early, very well thought of bebop drummer. And on piano, we're going to hear uh, Will Davis, not a well-known player. He was a Chicago denizen. He recorded with quite a few bebop and hardbop groups. And then on later in uh, the 50s and 60s, he recorded with uh, R&B groups and even some pop groups as well. So we're going to hear four tunes from this date. We're going to hear a tune called Mary Lee, which was a uh, an AABA tune, I believe, uh, composed by Howard McGee. It's based on a very standard set of chord changes. You can figure out the tune or tunes that it might have been based on. There are quite a few possibilities. Then we're going to hear a version of the blues called Short Life, another Howard McGee tune. These are all fairly short, by the way. Then the ballad, It's the Talk of the Town, by Sims, Nyberg, and Livingston. This was a big uh, feature for Coleman Hawkins in the 1930s, and he was still playing it with the group that included McGee in New York, or rather in uh, Los Angeles, where they recorded it again in 1944. Following that, we're going to hear another uh, sort of original, I guess not really an original, but kind of an original, called Bass C Jam by Herman Lubinsky. He, that was given... Credit to Herman Lubinsky, who was, I believe, the producer for this series. Uh, and these tunes, or recordings, I should say, were re-released, or released probably for the first time, on Savoy Records. And Lubinsky was a key part of that operation. Bass C Jam is based uh, very clearly on Stompin' at the Savoy. In fact, it's hardly disguised at all, but uh, it has some great playing by all four players, and especially Jimmy Heath on baritone sax. Following that, we're going to hear the first of the Sonny Stitt recordings, and I'll tell you more about those when we get to the break, but this is a nice short ballad performance of Johnny Green's tune, Body and Soul. So those will be our tunes for this first set. We're going to hear uh, the Howard McGee uh, sextet in this case, or quintet, no, sextet, excuse me, because Milton Jackson is there, on Mary Lee, Short Life, It's the Talk of the Town, and Bass C Jam. And the Sunny Stitt group, which I'll tell you about in a while, on Body and Soul, all recorded in 1948.
So we ended up with a very nice ballad performance of Body and Soul by Sonny Stitt. But before we did that, we heard uh, four tunes by Howard McGee. And uh, I don't know how this was billed. This was re-released a, a number of times on Savoy and so forth. I think it was probably the Howard McGee sextet was the primary one. And we started out with Mary Lee, which was a McGee composition based on the changes probably of Lady Be Good, but it could be some other things too. Uh, and that featured some excellent playing by McGee and Milt Jackson, and also, uh, especially, uh, Jimmy Heath on alto saxophone. Very young player there, but very good player. Uh, as I said, these recordings were made in Chicago for the Vite Acoustic label and released on Savoy. I think these may have been... Uh, aimed at the jukebox market, as the Sonny Stitt ones were. We'll talk about that in a minute, because they were so short. About half of the eight uh, Howard McGee tracks were under, were two minutes or under, and usually a 78 was at least two and a half to three minutes. The other half of the issued recordings were of normal length, but clearly there was some something else going on here. So it's possible the short recordings were done on the first session and the longer ones on the second, or there was a mix. We don't really know about that. So after Mary Lee, we went to a version of the blues, Short Life, which again had great solos all around, this time baritone sax by Jimmy Heath. Then a gorgeous ballad performance of It's the Talk of the Town. McGee was one of those few bebop trumpet players who really specialized on slow ballads. Uh, he had a lovely tone and a beautiful uh, range and uh, just a good sense of dramatics that you need when you're playing slow ballads. And he influenced some later players like Clifford Brown, um, and some of the, Kenny Durham even later on in, in, in that regard. And we can hear his Coleman Hawkins influence as well. As I said, they had played that tune on a recording date for Capitol in 1944. Then we finished up that part of the session with Bass C Jam, the letter C, Bass C Jam. Play on words there, obviously, but based uh, almost uh, completely on stopping at the Savoy. Uh, again, some baritone sax, some good vibraphone by Milt Jackson, and uh, of course, trumpet by the leader. So then we went on to the Sonny Stitt recording, and this was issued by a group that was credited as Lord Nelson and his Boppers. And uh, Sonny Stitt was actually under contract, I think, to Prestige Records at this point, uh, so he had to go under a pseudonym. And these recordings were made in uh, Detroit in June of 1948. Uh, the United Sound Systems uh, was the recording uh, studio at any rate, and they were initially released on Sensation, which was a small record label, I think, that was centered in Detroit, and then shortly thereafter, a couple of months anyway, it was, well, they were re-released on King. King was a, a record label that was aiming at the jukebox market and the rhythm and blues market, and they tended to do uh, more instrumentals than, than most other pop record labels of the period and later, um, Saxophonists like Earl Bostick and Tab Smith recorded for labels like King. There were other labels that did that as well. Doing sort of heavy, uh, almost rock and roll versions of pop tunes, rhythm, rhythm and blues at that time. For whatever reason, uh, Sensation decided to bring Sonny Stitt into the uh, studio. He clearly was not that type of saxophone player. He was a very uh, unreconstructed jazz player, as they say. He was born, Sonny Stitt, in Boston in 1924, but he was raised in Saginaw, Michigan. Played in a lot of territory bands in the 1940s. He ended up playing uh, briefly with Tiny Bradshaw's band before going with Billy Eckstein's band and playing in that kind of 
incubator of Bebop at the time with Gene Ammons and all sorts of different people there. Uh, he had hit on a style of playing that was very much like Charlie Parker's, although he had insisted to the end of his life that he didn't even had never even heard Charlie Parker until he had already started making recordings. I'm not sure how true that was, but he was clearly coming from the same uh, ground as Bird did. Uh, later on, he switched primarily to tenor for a good chunk of his middle period just to get away from the comparison, but here we have him uh, at his beginning best on alto sax. The band is open to some conjecture here. It's definitely Milt Jackson on vibes. There was one reissue that credited Sir Charles Thompson on piano and some other people, but I think it was a band actually of uh, Detroit musicians, which would make sense since Milt Jackson was probably there uh, at home uh, visiting uh, in between gigs in New York. We had Sonny Stitt on alto sax, Milt Jackson on vibes, Willie Wells on trumpet, Will Davis again on piano, so he's consistent through all these sessions. Jimmy Glover on bass and Dave Hurd on drums. I imagine that was a pretty uh, local Detroit man that was brought in to, to back uh, Stitt and Jackson and possibly Will Davis as well but a lovely performance of Body and Soul. Unfortunately, those recordings uh, were not made with the best quality or at the best studio, so they sound a little bit distant, but the playing is well worth uh, approaching. So for our next set, we're going to hear the remaining uh, Sonny Stitt uh, seven tunes, uh, or six tunes. Actually, we'll save one for the last set. Again, these were made for the jukebox market. These are all about two minutes to two minutes and 15 seconds long, so they clearly wanted to keep these brief uh, to keep those nickels coming into the jukebox, I guess. I'm not sure how successful it was, but anyway, we'll get some good music out of it. So we're going to start with a tune called The Third Song, which is subtitled Silver Slipper. And some of these tunes, I think, probably change titles periodically, and you can hear them in Stitt's later uh, discography under different names. This is an AABA tune, and I think these were all credited to Sonny Stitt, or mostly credited to Sonny Stitt. The second tune is called Red Shoes, same idea, another AABA tune um, that uh, Stitt probably wrote. Then we have a, a blues, the bebop blues. Then we're going to hear the Royal Wedding, which is an interesting uh, cultural association. This was after the, the Princess Elizabeth and Prince Philip got married. That was news around the world, and there were several tunes and movies that used uh, reference to the Royal Wedding in, in their titles. Then we're going to hear the K-Swift tune, finally a standard, Fine and Dandy, which uh, shows Stitt at his fleet best. He was a technician that uh, really took a backseat to no one, including Charlie Parker. Then we're going to hear an act blues called Ratio and Proportion, probably the best track of these sides, uh, with some great uh, Stitt and Milk Jackson. And that'll be it. So those are six tunes, all short, for this set. All Sonny Stitt, uh, a.k.a. Lord Nelson and his boppers. Third song, also known as Silver Slipper, Red Shoes, The Bebop Blues, Royal Wedding, Fine and Dandy, and Ratio and Proportion. <laughs>
was Sonny Stitt and uh, the group known as Lord Nelson and his Boppers. And as I said, that was probably aimed at the jukebox market because they were so short, but kind of odd thinking that people thought that would be a, uh, those would be popular tunes to play in bars and so forth, probably to dance to. Although, we are told that early bebop was used as dance music in uh, some African-American urban settings. So, who knows? Might have been might have been the case. Obviously, it didn't work very well because it didn't take off. So, we started with the third song, Silver Slipper, as it was known. Uh, this was the band that featured um, Sonny Stitt, of course, under a pseudonym of Lord Nelson on alto sax. Uh, we heard... Um, Bill, uh, rather, uh, Milt Jackson, certainly, on vibraphone. Some players don't play on all the tracks here, as we've seen, but uh, it was clearly a group that uh, was put together just for this record date. Willie Wells on trumpet, he got a couple of solos, as did Will Davis on piano, Jimmy Glover on bass, and Dave Hurd on drums, and those were recorded in Detroit in 1948. So after third song, we went on to Red Shoes. Both of those were AABA tunes credited to... Um, uh, Sonny Stitt, and then, or actually Lord Nelson in that case, then we heard the Bebop Blues, a good straight-ahead blues that uh, featured all hands there, at least getting a, a full chorus each in that case. Then the Royal Wedding, that uh, cultural reference tune, as I said, that was based on uh, an AABA tune, probably I Got Rhythm, and it had some affinity to a song called Mop Mop, which was uh, kind of a pseudo-bop tune that the swing players played in the middle 1940s. Then the uh, standard tune by K. Swift, Fine and Dandy. And then we finished up with another good blues performance with a pretty typical Sonny Stitt uh, melody there called Ratio and Proportion. So we have one more of the Sonny Stitt tunes to round out our eight, and this is another ballad performance. Stitt was a really fine ballad player, even though he was known more as an up-tempo player, just to show off his technique. This is Hoagie Carmichael's Stardust, and because of the short uh, length of this record, we only had time to go through the chorus uh, and no verse or anything like that, but a very well-presented uh, uh, melody here by Sonny Stitt. Then we're going to go back and do the other four tunes, presumably the second session or fruits of both sessions done by Howard McGee and his sextet featuring Milk Jackson on vibraphone. These were released, as I said, on Savoy and recorded in Chicago in December of 1947. So obviously before the other recording, but uh, very much of a piece here. We're going to hear Down Home, suitably another blues composition, again by um, Howard McGee in this case. Then another ballad performance, actually two ballad performances by McGee showing off that really ravishing tone that he had. Uh, we're going to hear the Gus Arnheim tune, Sweet and Lovely, which Beboppers liked, had some unusual changes to it, followed by the Jimmy McHugh and Dorothy Fields tune, I'm in the Mood for Love, which I believe was composed uh, in Hollywood for the movies about 1934. Louis Armstrong was the first to record that, uh, but a nice performance. And then we're going to end up with another blues called Fiesta, and this is by M. Daniels. I'm not exactly sure who M. Daniels was, but uh, it's a good tune nonetheless. And a reminder, the personnel here, Howard McGee on trumpet, Mill Jackson on vibraphone, Jimmy Heath on alto and baritone saxes, Will Davis on piano, Percy Heath, Jimmy's brother, on bass, and Joe Harris on drums. Good classic early bebop lineup. So that's our uh, final set for this kind of hybrid, unusual program here of early bebop. Uh, the Sonny Stitt group, Lord Nelson and his boppers doing Stardust. Then the Howard McGee sextet, Down Home, Sweet and Lovely, I'm in the Mood for Love, and Fiesta.
then we have some good classic bebop, uh, starting out with Stardust, just a single chorus by Sonny Stitt, uh, with some backgrounds by the Boppers, Lord Nelson's Boppers, as we saw, from 1948, recorded uh, in Detroit and released, at that point anyway, on the King label. So, uh, interesting little snapshot of uh, Sonny Stitt at that point. Then we heard those four tunes, the last four tunes by Howard McGee, which, was re which were released on Savoy Records, recorded in 1947 in Chicago. We heard uh, Down Home, kind of an up-tempo blues, unusual having that title, but anyway. Then a walking ballad, you'd have to call it, Sweet and Lovely, which had some nice Milt Jackson on vibes, as well as crackling Howard McGee on trumpet. This, uh, this session found him in very, very good form. Sounded like Roy Eldridge with his sound, but Dizzy Gillespie with his execution, I think. Then after that, another ballad, this time more ballad-like, I'm in the Mood for Love, showing off that beautiful tone he had, and then finishing up with the blues, Fiesta, uh, all done by the uh, Howard McGee sextet featuring Howard McGee on trumpet, Milt Jackson on vibes, Jimmy Heath on alto and Barry sax, Will Davis on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Joe Harris on drums. So I hope you enjoyed this program. As I mentioned, we're going to be doing a show coming up on Howard McGee's recordings for Dial, the West Coast label, which he uh, got in on when he was a member of the Charlie Parker sextet. And after Bird had his breakdown, Charlie or uh, Howard McGee took over that session, recorded a few tunes, and then was brought back to do a whole series under his own name, featuring some very fine bebop musicians out there. So we'll be exploring that. So this is John Clark with you here at the Jazz Focus, and hope you're enjoying these programs. If you'd like to sponsor us, please do so. And if you'd like to contact me, Wolverine Jazz Band is my band name. That's uh, on Instagram and Facebook, and WolverineJazzBand.net. Love to hear from you. Hope you're enjoying some good jazz today. So thank you, and I'll see you on the other side.